Welcome to or welcome back to Not Sorry, where I, Amy, will be interviewing empowering women from all kinds of fields that are not sorry for who they became. She most recently got her seat on the Birmingham Board of Education, but before that she went to University of Michigan getting a degree in environmental policy, where she later worked at civil engineering and landscape design firms, working on both government and private sectors. Please welcome Colleen Zamet. Welcome. So tell us about yourself. Well, hi. I think you just you hit all the high points. I went to the University of Michigan, got my Bachelor of Science in Environmental Policy and Behavior. Um, worked for several years, and once I got married and then had children, I actually stopped working to raise my children. And so just recently, almost two weeks ago, I was elected to the Birmingham Board of Education. What made you switch from civil engineering to politics? Oh, well, remember, there was a span of about 18 years in between (laughs) there, so it wasn't even necessarily a conscious switch. Um, I really did enjoy what I did for work, but I knew even early on that I wanted to raise my family full time. And what got me interested in politics? Well, what got me interested in this was that I I got very involved in the workings of our school district. And there's a lot that's great in our school district and there are some, some things that I would like to change in our school district or at least I would like to be a part of the change. That's a better way to say it. I decided after several years of attending board meetings and meeting with administrators and board members and parents that I could make the greatest contribution actually being a member of the seven person board of education that governs our school district. Do you think that staying at home, being a stay at home mom was also a big influence because you got to see how your children was educated firsthand. Absolutely. Being a stay-at-home mom for the past 18 years has been, well, the greatest joy of my life. And it has allowed me to get more involved in my kids' education than if I were working full-time and having to juggle marriage and career and children. And I know how fortunate I am that our family structure allows me to do that. Um, so I know that being able to have the first-hand experience gives you one of the qualifications, but what else do you think made you qualified for this position? Well, I think what makes me qualified, first and foremost, is that I have common sense. I have a willingness to listen to the other members of the board, a willingness to listen to administration and parents. I have a willingness to compromise, but I do have a firm set of beliefs for what I think is right, and... I can work as a team. I can work respectfully with people that I disagree with. Um, I am always willing to take in new information and I'm always open to changing my mind when presented with new facts. What are some problems that you hope to solve on the school board or on your term um, and how are you gonna make that happen? The way the Board of Education works is that the seven members are elected by every um, voter in the district to represent their interests while governing the school district. I have felt over the past several years as I've gotten involved that parents and taxpayers in the district, whether or not they have kids in the school district now, or even if they ever had kids in the school district to begin with, they feel like their voices aren't being heard in the way decisions are being made. 
And I think what's been happening is that the Board of Education has been delegating too much of their authority to the administration that they hire. So I would just like to restore that proper balance of authority, keep to the original intent of the seven-member school board, which is a direct representative of the public as they govern the school district. That's really interesting. What approach are you going to take that is different from how others did in the past before? Well, I'm really hoping to modify our governance model uh, to make it more collaborative with the public. I don't want anybody to be confused and think that I want all, I don't even know how many thousands of people live in this school district (laughs) off the top of my head. Um, Obviously, not everybody can have a direct say in how the school district is run. That would be total chaos. They elect a seven-member board for a reason. But if we can make some tweaks or change our governance model to make it more collaborative, I really think we can get to that place where everybody feels that their interests are being represented. And if their particular um, want or, or need isn't being met, they at least have an understanding for why we still need to make the decisions that we make. And so I'm just always going to seek to really work closely with the seven-member board, with the other six members, with the administration, and just really keep, keep myself accessible and open to the public and do the same thing I've been doing for the past several years, which is to constantly network with the public. Yeah, that makes sense. I agree with that statement. Have you ever faced any challenges in your role because you were considered not qualified because of your status in life? And if so, how have you been able to overcome that? The way I was raised by my parents and my dad in particular, there were absolutely no limitations on me as a girl, except in terms of physical strength. And that was what it was. It never bothered me. I was expected to do everything that my bigger, stronger male cousins could do up to the limits of my own strength. The same was true of my performance in school, all through high school and then through college. And then when I chose to go into my profession, I always had an eye on setting my own limitations so that I could step back and raise my family. I never felt an outside pressure to do that. That just came from me. If I had made different choices and decided to focus on a career instead, I would have known that the personal sacrifices would have been necessary. So the challenges in my own life, I didn't feel the weight of them because I felt like I had a very strong mother and father never made me think I couldn't do things because I was a girl. My only limitations were my God-given limitations. So whatever I could handle intellectually, I could handle. Whatever I could handle physically, I could handle. More people should consider that in their parenting. Um, How do you think we can have people become qualified leaders? Well, one thing is we need to provide them the most rigorous academic instruction that we possibly can when they're in school. And recognize that one person's level of success is always going to be different from another person's, but we can still push everybody. So we need to provide them with rigorous math instruction, political science instruction, history, and always push them to excel because if we push them, they will succeed better than what they thought. And that's the real definition of success. If they do better than they ever thought that they could. So I really think that's how we push people to be good leaders. That makes sense. So you have to trust your gut. You have to trust your instincts. 
we can set our goals and we can take our steps to meet our goals and we can do all kinds of research. All of those things are very important, but there's also a little something inside of us that is going to nag at us and say, stop, 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 something's not right, you need to reassess, or it might say, oh, you're doing everything great, I'm, I, you know, I'm feeling good about this. You have to be able to listen to your inner voices, and if something is really bothering you, that's your conscious talking, that's a skill you develop in life. It's a skill that you, you certainly have when you're a teenager, but it develops more and more as you're older. And I think that's, that's the reason why so many older adults say, I'm finally comfortable in my skin. I finally trust my instincts because it is a skill they worked hard to develop. You have to listen to your gut, your conscious. And it, it genu generally guides you in the right direction if you are open to hearing it. I like to say, for instance, when I'm trying to help my son with his homework, if he's feeling frustrated and says, oh, I just, you're not helping me or it's not working, I sometimes have to say, if you're not open to receiving the help that I'm giving, I can't help you. You're doing something wrong or you're doing something right. Then you're just not going to hear it. You have to allow yourself to be open. So being open-minded is one of the big roles in life. Well, when I say being open-minded, I'm not just talking about being open-minded to new information that other people right. present. I mean being open to what you know inherently is right or wrong. You have to be open to listening to that voice inside your own head. That's a really good point. Final question. What do you think you want to tell this upcoming generation? The most important thing I could tell is to think very hard about yourself as a 95-year-old who's looking back on their life. And think about what your 95-year-old self would think about the life you've lived. If your 95-year-old self can look back on your life and say, well, of course I made mistakes, who doesn't? But overall, I'm proud of the way I lived. I was kind to people. I accomplished the goals that I set out for myself. And I went to sleep every night knowing that I made a positive impact in the world. Then I think you'll know that you lived a good life. So what I would want to say to this upcoming generation is just think about the life you want to lead, how you want to be remembered, and think about how you want to contribute positively to the world we're in. And you live the kind of life that is good. And I think it's important to remember that there are universal truths in the world, and you should always seek those universal truths and seek out ways to live the best life you can possibly live while finding those truths and being true to yourself. That is a really good point. Um, thank you for agreeing for this interview. It's really interesting to see how different people approach this matter, and yours was definitely one of my favorites. Oh, well, thank you. Um, congratulations again on getting elected on school board, and thank you for letting me interview. shouldn't be sorry because we're intelligent, strong, and capable of doing or becoming anything we want. Because in the end, I'm not sorry about who I am or who I became. Like always, stay safe and don't forget to slay. Thank you for listening and see you next time on Not Sorry.